Welcome to Better Animal Handling, episode 144. Center of Missouri, USA. I'm CB Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog and venomless co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on benefits of venomous snakes. Our topics for this week are Recognition of Venomous Snakes, and Medical Uses of Snake Venoms. Snakes are our friends, as long as you don't invade their personal space. Some species, if they're captive bred, tolerate handling pretty well. That's never true of poisonous snakes. Make a note to yourself. Do not handle a poisonous snake if you have not been trained by an experienced poisonous snake handler and have an educational or scientific reason to do so. That sounds easy, but what if you think it's non-poisonous, but it's not? If you plan to do any snake handling, you need to be able to identify poisonous snakes to prevent a disaster. There are about 600 poisonous snake species in the world. The most lethal is the inland taipan of Australia. It kills more people than any other snake in the world. Australia has 20 of the 25 most poisonous snakes in the world. For those of us that live in the United States, there's only four types of indigenous poisonous snakes. Rattlesnakes, cottonmouths, copperheads, and coral snakes. One of the ways to identify a poisonous snake is by its behavior and habitat. One of the most well-known behavior traits can be observed in the rattlesnake. When threatened, rattlesnakes create a rattle sound as a warning for potential predators. Often, harmless snakes will make a rattling sound by wagging their tail in dry leaves. The common black rat snake is one of these. Cottonmouths live in or near water. Thus, if there's a pond or a swamp nearby, cottonmouths could be observed in the area. Cottonmouths, also called water moccasins, and harmless water snakes act differently from one another when they swim. A harmless water snake will swim through the water with just its head poking above the surface. A venomous snake however, will let its entire buoyant body float along with the water. Copperheads live in wetland areas near cliffs, forests, and rivers. While there are only four types of venomous snakes in the United States, each type contains many subspecies with mottled color variations that helps them blend in with their environments. Solid-colored snakes in the United States 
are not venomous. However, venomous coral snakes and non-venomous scarlet king snakes both have banded patterns of yellow, brown, and black on their scales. The difference between the two types is that red bands touch the yellow bands on a coral snake and red bands touch the black bands on a scarlet king snake. Except for the coral snake, all venomous snakes in the United States are pit vipers. While non-pit vipers have a rounded head, pit viper snakes have a more triangular-shaped head. The shape of a pit viper's head may deter predators since it's recognizable at a distance. A pit viper will have a bullous head with a skinny neck because of the position of the snake's venom sacs beneath its jaws. Pit viper snakes have thin vertical pupils surrounded by a yellow-green eyeball, while non-venomous snakes have rounded pupils. They also have a hole or a pit that's a heat sensor on each side of their head between their eyes and their nostrils. Distinctive pupils and pits are not visible at a distance without binoculars. If a potentially venomous snake seems dead, do not attempt to pick up its body to examine its head. Recently dead snakes can bite by reflex, and if venomous, can inject its venom. The rattlesnake is the most widely recognized venomous snake in the United States. Rattlesnakes can strike out two-thirds of their body length to reach prey and deliver a venomous bite. A rattlesnake's hemotoxic venom destroys tissue in the bite wound and prevents clotting, degenerates organs, and induces intense pain. The copperhead is one of the most common venomous snakes in the eastern United States. Its bite causes severe pain, which can last anywhere from two to four weeks. Although a pit viper like the rattlesnake, the copperhead is less toxic and rarely fatal. Copperheads are generally nocturnal creatures, but are excellent at camouflage during the day. If a copperhead is caught off guard, instead of fleeing, it will freeze in place. The cottonmouth will also freeze to camouflage itself when caught off guard. But the cottonmouth is more aggressive than the copperhead, and its bite is more dangerous. A cottonmouth's bite can be fatal. Unlike other U.S. venomous snakes, coral snakes don't have triangular heads or heat sensors or elliptical pupils. To help you remember how to identify it, remember this phrase, red next to yellow is a dangerous fellow. Red on black, safe from attack. Although smaller than the pit vipers, the coral snake is the most toxic species found in the United States. The coral snake has powerful neurotoxin venom that can cause death. Coral snakes are typically isolated creatures that inhabit unpopulated areas. They bite just as a last resort. These snakes will first and foremost attempt to flee. 
Their fangs are short. To be more effective in delivering venom, they usually bite, hold on, and chew. Snake venoms have been used in traditional medicine for many thousands of years. In the first century AD, theriac was developed, which is a mixture of snake venom that continued to be used until the 18th century as a cure-all. The first true medical use of snake venom was to create antibodies in animals to be used as an anti-venom to treat venomous snake bite victims. Other uses have since been found and thousands more are possible. For example, cobra venom is among the most powerful analgesics, pain relievers, known in minute doses, but it's not addictive, unlike morphine. Most current investigations are because of cell surface receptors being major druggable targets and because of the known bioactivity of many compounds in venom. The first drug derived from snake venom was captopril. It was first discovered from the Brazilian arrowhead viper. Captopril is an inhibitor of the angiotensin converting enzyme, which catalyzes the conversion of angiotensin 1 to angiotensin 2. Enalapril is similar and developed later. These are used to treat hypertension and cardiovascular disease, renal disease in diabetic patients, and post-myocardial infarction heart failure. Two other antiplatelet drugs have since been developed from snake venoms. They are used to treat clots caused by cardiovascular disease. Another drug is commercially available outside the United States. With thrombin-like activity, it converts fibrinogen to fibrin and is used extensively in China to treat stroke, pulmonary embolism, myocardial infarction, and bleeding at the time or following surgery. Hemocoagulase from snake venom is being used to treat post-surgical bleeding in plastic surgery, abdominal surgery, and eye surgery. Fibrin adhesives, which are good alternatives to sutures, have been developed using animal components and a serine protease from snake venom. Cobratide from cobra venom is used to suppress moderate to severe pain. More research is necessary to understand the snake venom compounds undergoing clinical trials to ensure their safety, minimize off-target reactions, and reduce adverse effects. Despite the exhausting and cumbersome process, snake venom studies are warranted to help discover effective and selective new drug and research molecules. If you have comments or are interested in particular subjects, contact us at cbc at betteranimalhandling.com. Now let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Venomous snakes should be handled only by specially trained handlers. All handlers of snakes need to be able to correctly and safely identify venomous snakes. Snake venom has and will be the source of valuable new drugs. 
Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling is available in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press and available on Amazon for many other fine book supply sources. A new spiral-bound handbook called Concise Handbook of Small Animal Handling is also available. Additional information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. This website has more than 100 past podcasts with notes on handling of dogs, cats, other small mammals, rodents, birds, reptiles, horses, cattle, small ruminants, swine, and poultry. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about crates are great. Hey, Abby, did you pay attention to what I said about handling an apparently dead snake? No, sorry. Giving it mouse-to-mouth resuscitation is the incorrect answer.